welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Game Show Edition, and I'm your host here of the game show, Josh the Vanilla Gorilla. We have our two contestants, J-Mac and Kyle Beats. What's up, boys? What's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Glad we prepped for this. Oh, dude, it's going to be fantastic. So the game show that we're playing today, um, none of us know anything about this. I'm just going to click buttons here and and bring it up, is we have Did Kyrie Say It? Okay. I like it. Okay. I found this website. It says, are you as woke as Kyrie? Guess if these quotes came from him or not. Oh, boy. First question. Did Kyrie say it? I've seen a lot of things that my educational system has said that was real that turned out to be completely fake. I don't mind going against the grain in terms of my thoughts. Did he say it or did he not say it? Yes. I'm going to say I'm going to say no. Okay. Justin goes no. Kyle wins that one. Okay. So, Kyle... You get 100 points. You should have known that, Justin, because he was most most definitely talking about Flat Earth. Uh, right? Fair. fair. <laughs> it's a good point. Um, you got me. I had no idea on that one, actually. So that's 100 points for Kyle. It was a coin flip. I mean, obviously, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? 100 right. points for Kyle. Next we have, did Kyrie say it? I don't mess with mayonnaise. I don't trust white condiments. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. I was going no. Justin's going no. Uh, he did not. Bonus points. I'll give you a thousand points if you can name who did say it. Is it an NBA player? It is an NBA player. Are they a starter? Uh, yes. Are they current, like in the league right now? Yes. Oh my. Kevin God. Durant. Actually, I don't think that he's a starter. I'll, I'll, I don't think he's a starter. It's it's a pseudo starter if it is. Uh... Cancer. Kyle's walking in Cantor. <laughs> I, I ha- <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who's most likely to say some wild shit like that. I will, I will give you a million points if you guess it. And, and like, I, I can come up with a couple that are like starters, but I, I don't know. I got nothing. It's Evan Turner. <laughs> I don't remember Jeff, if he's, he's actually Gundy starting. was anymore, my right? non-basketball player guess. <laughs> yeah. That's that does sound like a Jeff Van Gundy quote. Doors All right, part. next we have... Where do birds go when they shoot poorly in basketball game? They fly away, but not this bird. I'm right here for you, for your eyes. Oh, that's definitely real. No. Okay, so Kyle's going no. Justin's going yes. He did not say that. Oh, no way. damn it. Yeah, it looks like that's just a made-up quote. Okay. All so, right. that's bizarre. I'm over um, here. We got, <laughs> rough. So, Kyle's currently at 300. Justin's at 100. Next How many questions have. are there? Have I mathematically eliminated Justin? No, no, we've got we've got a few. Okay. All these things that they keep giving to us, all this information, I'm just saying that these things that used to put me in a fear, it makes you want to not want to question it naturally because of how much information you can actually figure out and how much a- there actually is. It's crazy. Anything that you have a particular question on, I think you need to do the research. It's right in front of your faces. I'm telling you, it's right in front of our faces. They lie to us. Yes, that sounds real. I'm going to say yes. What did you say, Justin? That sounds real. I'm going to say yes. Justin saying yes, Kyle? Yes. He did say that. That was a Kyrie. That was a Kyrieism. Okay. Was that, that whenever was, he, he was, was telling the, the season ticket holders in Boston that he would love to re-sign there if they'll have him? <laughs> Possibly. Okay. He was waxing poetic at some point. <laughs> Same speech. Next, <laughs> next we have, if spirit came into because, being because of the body, it is a wonder of wonders. Yes. I'm okay. going to say yes. Actually, no. Okay. I'm going to say no. 
I'm going to say no. Justin's correct. It was actually Jesus Christ that said that. <laughs> Close enough. Close. Close. It was starting to scare me how aligned I was with Kyrie's thinking. So that's actually that's good. You got it wrong, really. All right. Score is now 400. Kyle, 300. Justin. Okay. Give me a second for the next one. I can't wait. The fact that they can make all these movies with alien descriptions, they're not just going on strictly brain power. And this is just creative things that we're going to put out there for everybody. For what? All to put an alien movie out? For what? No. (laughs) All I can picture, like, no matter what, like, whether it's true that he said it, all I can picture is him, like, at a presser, you know, like, with (laughs) at the table, you know, after a game, like, saying this and just how ludicrous that would be. I'm going to say yes. You could picture it, Justin, because it did happen. That was a Kyrie Irving saying at a presser. Mercy. Okay. All of these are believable, which is I think <laughs> I what you're trying to drill. Right. That's that exactly the point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope All Brooklyn right. is listening here. <laughs> People make jokes about how Boston fans pretend to be more intelligent, but it's true. We are. And because of this team, this masterpiece, us luck-minded individuals can interact and communicate without having to acknowledge those lesser people. That no. sounds real. To me. He did not. That one's false. Okay. So, uh, I'm up. Kyle sprints back in the lead with 500 points. Justin has 400. See how many more of these we have here. (laughs) (laughs) I disclosed my mysteries to those who are worthy of my mysteries. A little bit of mystery there from Kyrie. Mm. Go ahead. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, I don't know the answer to any of these. I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm thinking that's either coming from Kyrie or maybe like, Fifty Shades of Gray, one of the yeah. two. I'm going to go Fifty Shades of Grey. Do you not have the, the answer? I don't know the answers. No, I just click the button and it comes through. No, that was Jesus Christ. So Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey, Jesus Christ, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, this is getting rough pretty soon here. What did you say on that one, Justin? Did you say no and Kyle said yes? Uh, I think that's right, yeah. Okay, 500 for Justin, 500 for Kyle. We're all tied up on our Kyrie-isms. All right. Uh, most people are slowed down by the precipitation perception of themselves if you're taught you can't do anything you won't do anything i was taught i can do everything yes yes i think so just for the win okay yes <laughs> not for the you win don't even know the answer, though. both of you guys got it wrong uh that was actually kanye so oh, 500 500 we have to go to the tiebreaker okay it's all in different worlds though we can't know why it is but poseidon chose for me to take the trident and lead i've taken the clams the clams clamshells of life and place them in the position of a success. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. That was false. That was a uh, Aquaman. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that the most important thing that I strive to live by is extremely by truth and by consistent giving others the truth without any judgment, without constraints, without anything extra, except to understand that I see you. I have family members who come from knowing energy and it was passed along to me. Did Kyrie say it? Yes. I'm just going to go no to put this thing to bed. Putting it to bed. Kyrie did say it. Justin wins. Let's go. I don't know if this is something I should love to to win, but I just did. So it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great, Josh. Either way, fantastic quotes. Yeah, Brooklyn's absolutely. winning the championship next year, right? That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> what, that's what they think. Uh, that's what they next, think. The year after that. I think everybody's forgetting that Kevin Durant's out for an entire yeah. year, maybe more. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess... The biggest thing that we have to talk about today is definitely free agency and some of these signings that have happened and everything. So we're definitely going to dive into all that. 
It's uh, it's been kind of tiresome without basketball, but it feels like the news has been going so quickly that you don't even really miss. You don't even have a chance to miss basketball that much because it's been so electric. I mean, no, I mean, the way it's free agency happened at Sunday at five was just like five central was just insane. I mean, I knew things would go quickly, but I didn't think they would go that quickly. And that I don't say predictable, but for the most part, predictable. I mean, I, like there's nobody left. It's it's Kawhi and then a bunch of like tier four, tier five type guys that are filling out your roster. It was like yeah, and, I mean, and boogie, I guess. Right, and it, it really matters, but then like it really doesn't matter. Like what matters is the people who are sparked by it, and the people who like being offended by it. It doesn't matter, right? That was another Kyrieism. I was Actually, like, that, was wait, that was Kanye West. I was just reading it off the seat here. <laughs> I was um, like, what, wait, what are you? What side are you, Josh? On? We're gonna have to get Josh focused somehow. Tonight. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm gonna have to exit out of this. Um, so here's my here's my thing. The NBA offseason has become a hen house. It's full of nothing but gossip. Like you hear five different opinions and then the truth actually comes out later. Right. And I'm, I, I personally feel so like if I wasn't digging so deep into everything that was said constantly and looking at stats and looking at everything that happens, Ben Simmons contract, for instance, is something that we'll go into later, but I would feel so led astray by if I was just a, a casual fan. Um, because you look at Ben Simmons contract that the, what Woj is saying they're going to offer him and you see that it's rich Paul that's pushing it, but really it's, it's better for Philadelphia. We'll talk about this later than it is for Ben Simmons. Um, but it's, it's just like, you never get full stories with these, with these, my brother heard this or my friend heard this. Um, it's, it's bizarre. It's turned into a hen house and it's just straight gossip and it all happens illegally like the only person that's handling free agency the way that it should be handled and the way that nba wants it to be handled and has put in rules in order to make it be handled that way is Kawhi leonard he's the only person that's actually meeting with teams during free agency and keeping his mouth shut and having that team keep their mouth shut and then he's going to make a decision and everybody's mad about it that's fair yeah, i mean the concept and I, I do like the way Kawhi's handled his business but the concept of tampering is just kind of ridiculous because it's not it's not tampering. It's just the norm at this point. Like these teams yeah. are having conversations. These players are having conversations with one another. And there's really these are human beings. There's nothing you can do to stop that. I mean, I, I applaud and commend Kawhi for the way that he's handled himself. But at the end of the day, it's like I. I mean, I don't really give a shit if there's tampering. I agree 100. percent And I think they should do away with that rule because what ends up happening is you find Magic Johnson five thousand dollars and everybody right. else is tampering. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Same well, thing to Magic Johnson, right? And the thing is, like, wow. Um, and the thing is, like, it's. <laughs> The whole notion is ridiculous. I mean, I th Josh, you bring up a really good point. Like most of those deals, I mean, Woj had those tweets lined up to drop at six p.m. sharp. Like it, yeah. they dropped. I was on the golf course finishing up a round, and I, I mean, my screen had just blown up with right at six on the dot. Those things were coming out. So, you know, I mean, I get it, but I mean, these teams are having conversations in January. The Knicks didn't just trade out Kristaps Porzingis on a whim, thinking that. Well, I don't know. Maybe they did actually. Now that I think about it, but. They had to have had some reason to believe that Kevin Durant was even considering coming to the Knicks in the first place. And I just use this as an example because it happened all over the league. But they had to have had some reason to just ship out a, a player of that caliber for not really a whole lot at the end of the day. And yeah. I mean, and a, a franchise cornerstone piece. I mean, they had fucked it up for sure. But at the same time, like they had to have some inkling that they had a way out of this. And so. It, uh, these conversations are happening all year long, so why not just deal with it? I don't think that it should be 
I think that things outside of the league should be regulated a little bit better. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that Rich Paul should have the kind of sway he does over the league. I get why he does. And there's always that guy, right? Like, this, right. Rich Paul is just the latest guy. And he's really yep. just being the supervillain. So that's, that is what it is. But I do think that could be somehow fixed. And I also think the way that... Actually, the entire way that the Lakers have dealt with this Magic Johnson thing where it's like he, they fired him, but then he still represents the team, that is a really bad look for teams in the NBA, I feel like. And they should do something about those yeah, kinds of I things. I don't get what that. What is going on there? Like, Why if is you're he out of in these meetings? Right, That's so weird. You're out. You're out. You can't yep. be there. And like the, they, the league won't let him in those meetings, but you got to – like they, they, he needs to be out of it entirely, which – I, I mean, what are you going to do? They're going to do it no matter what. So I don't really know if it even is worth trying to fix. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's just like it's these are human beings that you cannot stop them from behaving that way. And the the one thing you really can't stop is players talking to one another. And right. in the player empowerment era and the AAU era, that's only going to accelerate even more. Like these guys have been are start, going to start being friends at 12 years old. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's on it. It's an unenforceable rule, so you might as well abolish it and just let it be free market. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to talk about that kind of in the summertime after all free agency has died down a little bit because I've got some ideas to demolish the draft and and change some things <laughs> around in, in basketball that could... I mean, obviously, it probably wouldn't happen, but it'd just be really exciting. So in ways that it could improve this whole thing because it's a, it's a free-for-all, and it really yep. is. But do you guys feel like the talent is distributed pretty evenly or you mean amongst conferences or yeah. amongst teams it, like it, as far as suit yeah i guess amongst the nba in general and let's just assume Kawhi goes back to toronto because at this point we don't know but let's just for the sake of argument well it's uh it's what 8 40 central time on on wednesday. wednesday i think you know all all thing all signs are indicating that Kawhi is going to go back to toronto which ultimately i think that does help the league I think that keeps it more balanced in the conferences, even though the West is still clearly stronger top to bottom, especially like that three through nine range. Uh, but if Kawhi went to the West, I mean, it would have been an absolute imbalance in my opinion. But yep. I think that yes, there's you less are- favorites going into next year. I think it's a more balanced this is the first this is the first year we've had since Kevin Durant went to Golden State where it wasn't laid down 500 to earn to win 100 on a team to win the championship right? right so this is the first year where it's actually open for people to, for teams to win the championship I, I definitely agree with that and it I think it makes it more exciting it's almost exactly like why we love, love the playoffs this year because right. it was such an even playing field we really had a yeah. feeling that the east had a good chance whether it had been the Raptors Sixers or the Bucks yep I, I think I, you know, and so I think that matters, right? I mean, it makes it, it different. does. And I know we're going to dive down or, you know, go through the list of, you know, top 15, top 20 type guys and just kind of react there. But before we do that, to this point, I think there's legitimately looking at these rosters, probably seven to eight finals com- competitors next year. For sure. I mean, based on what we're seeing right now, let's assume Kawhi's in Toronto. Obviously, they are. Toronto. Uh, Milwaukee. Boston, Boston, maybe not, but Milwaukee and Philadelphia are. So that's three in the East for sure. And then in the West, I mean, I feel like it's going to be obviously pretty wide open. I mean, I think Houston is still a competitor. I think Portland has gotten better. They're not worse, so they're certainly a competitor. They were in the conference finals last year. I think Denver will be. The Lakers got better. And the Lakers got better, right? So that's that's seven teams right there. 
and we're not counting Utah. We're not counting Boston. Some of those fringe teams. So and we honestly it's going to be fun. And we also honestly don't know like what the Pelicans are going to be in any way, shape, or form. They're going to be competitive and fun. I don't know how many games they'll win. Yeah, but they're going to they're going to be in a lot of games for sure. I can't um, wait for Josh analysis of Pelicans games next year. That's going to be my favorite thing in the world. I I'm not wait. I'm <laughs> not lying when I say like I I dream that Zion goes for a triple double his first game. And Josh is just watching it, and he's, like, trying to nitpick it. It's like, okay, he's he's 68% from the field. He hit two for three from threes. He's got four blocks, no fouls, no turnovers. Yeah. He's just losing his mind. We may have to watch that, that one together. If that happens, <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. But My worst nightmare is he goes, like, eight for – or he goes, like, eight points, eight rebounds on, like, thir- 13 shots or something, which is possible <laughs> also. But To be honest with you, like – if if he did that, I I wouldn't say I was right. Like it's his first game in the NBA. I know. Yeah, no, it for takes sure. years he, for these. Hey, if he goes for a triple double, though, you you'll you, that will catch your attention. I'm also not going to be. If he goes for a triple double, I'm also not no. going to be. I was oh, wrong. Yeah. You know, like yeah, exactly. Right, right. The first NBA game means nothing to me. Honestly, the first season means something as far as trajectory, but it doesn't mean anything yeah. compared to like what it like shows. We know we're going to talk about Ben Simmons later. We know the first season doesn't matter it, that much. All it does, all it does is show you their floor. Yeah, that's true. We're Sitting gonna get we're gonna get there, but let's let's start with so the biggest biggest signings I think or the first ones that I really got alerts about as far as like those top tier guys were was the KD Kyrie to Brooklyn, which kind of was getting rumored, you know, as we we're leading up to it. Pretty early, yeah. That was from what I understand, it was the Knicks to lose, but they didn't offer KD. They didn't so, want to offer. Yeah, the Knicks are coming out. We're gonna talk. Let, kind of flex. Yeah, the Knicks. <laughs> Teams that make the mistakes like the Knicks make don't get to come out and say, oh, you know what? We were worried about the Achilles injury, so we decided not to offer him the match. You don't get to say that. Yeah, really, Kevin Durant and the Knicks would have been the greatest match ever because they're a very insecure organization with their public statements like, oh, we didn't want to take the time to meet with Kawhi because we had to focus on other free agents that we didn't land. And we didn't want to offer Kevin Durant the max because we wanted to sign a bunch of bench players. You didn't like, want to. You didn't want to miss out on Taj Gibson. I'll tell you, that's a prize like, guy. Right Julius Randle signing is pretty decent. I like him at twenty million a year, twenty one with two years and an option. But other yeah, than didn't, that, it's been abysmal. But dude, they when, didn't get Zion, so they were like, "Let's go get Zion without hops." Right, and yeah. Julius Randle. Right, yeah. and like less athletic Zion. I yeah. love the Julius Randle signing. I actually don't hate some of the stuff they put together. But when your expectation was Zion, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. This is a problem. Like that's, yeah. yeah like that's a, this is a severe. In a nutshell, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and Kevin Knox is not like the worst young combo in the league. But when you were expecting to have yeah. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Zion, it's a pretty big letdown. Yeah, and they're already they're already signing and wave, or waving people and gearing for twenty twenty one. Yeah, like it's already next, next year. Next year, there's not a whole lot on the board. Yeah, no. yeah, they're and, already gearing for twenty twenty one, which is. Crazy to me. And I'm telling you, like, it hurts to lose it to the crosstown rival that's been in town for five to ten years. That is yep. a brutal look. That means they wanted to be in New York. They just didn't want to be there. Right. Yeah. But it's because Brooklyn has a lot more to offer in terms of their connections and what they bring to the table versus James Dolan, who's just been an incompetent psychopath. Like, why would you want to play for those guys when you can you know, still be in New York City? and have access to all these business opportunities that this Russian uh, 
ownership group has. Yeah. You know, you got Jay, you got Jay Z floor. It's just a lot better of a look. And quite frankly, I mean, their roster is better too. Like they made the playoffs this year with just D'Angelo Russell, who doesn't even really fit their system because they already have Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, I just think that's the right basketball move and probably the right, you know, non off the court move. But like, how many times have we had this conversation about the Knicks where they should have that level of talent, if not better? Like they right, should but James have Dolan is running the show. Well, and that's the exact problem. They should have all these things put together in a nutshell. And that's always been the case. They had Mello at one point when he was in his prime. They couldn't put anything around him. I mean, they've perpetually failed over and over and over again. And I'm not surprised that players feel this way. So I'm not surprised that Kevin Durant and Kyrie both went cross town. This has got to be a red flag to Dolan that, I mean, he's not going to get it and he's not going to sell the team, but he should consider it because it's bad. Brooklyn has built a better team in two years without draft picks for the last 10 years that the Knicks could. <laughs> right. In 10 years. Brooklyn did what, what the Knicks have been trying to do for the last 25 years in two years. Right. And that so includes where, Danny Ainge fleecing them. So, you know. Yep. Yeah, they've bounced back well from that. So where, where do you guys see Brooklyn at? Let's talk about this year. KD's out. We got Kyrie. We got DeAndre Jordan, which everyone's making a big deal about, which he was on the Mavericks last year. I mean, he's still a decent starting yeah. center, but he's not yeah. much of a player anymore. He's, you know what I mean? Like, So I, I think they can still probably do what they did last year and just get in that 6, 7, 8 range of the East. Yeah. Without uh, KD? Without KD, for sure. Is Does it? Kyrie lose his mind, though, and get frustrated at this team like he did? Because that team around him is actually – there's not a player on that team that's – Spencer Dinwiddie, probably not as good as Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. LeVert's good. LeVert's good. good. And then they've got uh, – But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very comparable. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at Tatum, Brown, and Hayward, you probably don't have three players around you as good no, on that, for sure. that team right now, right? For so sure, yeah. That's going to be a frustrating situation for Kyrie. Is he going to be able to bite the bullet and try to be – an alpha and a leader again and be productive and optimistic and just know that what the season is and gear up for two years from now. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. And I don't think he really is going to have to, because I think that regardless KD is still going to be around and there's, I mean, he's going to be a part of this in some way, shape or form. And may, you know, may that be like a player, you know, like a, obviously a hurt guy, but like a player coach type situation where you're, helping develop these young guys and stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of the role you sign up for, right? To get the team I better? guess so, man. But I want to be overly optimistic as a Nets fan that K hurt KD rehabbing is going to be the voice in the ear of Kyrie Irving that he needs. I'm not that optimistic. Oh, I, I'm that. not necessarily like, talking that's a little about, bit of a shit show. No, no, no. I'm not necessarily talking about Kyrie, though. I'm talking about the young guys around those okay. players. Like the guys that you're trying to mentor to the next level so when you come back... I got you. We're ready to run together. I, ultimately, I like the I like the move for Brooklyn. I just the two players with Katie's injury are kind of high risk to me. Yeah, hell of a lot of talent on that team. Yes, I don't know if I want to call Kyrie and KD veteran leadership. Uh, veteran experience, but not veteran yeah, leadership. That's a that's kind of how I feel. They yeah, played in big games. That's a good way to put that. So let me ask you this. Do you think, do you think with a healthy KD, this move, this move goes down that they're the best team in the East or the, and the best team in the league? They're close, not not best team in the league, definitely. Yeah, healthy. Mm -hmm. I would Kawhi still actually take Toronto with Kawhi coming back. 
Yeah, but it would give them a hell of a run for their money. Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be interesting. It's just it's food for thought. But, but the I, only- I do think people are overrating the... I, I get what the Nets did. I think they should have done it. But I think they're overrating the potential. I don't think this guarantees rings or even one no. by any means. No, because the other thing about this is that you're one year older of DeAndre Jordan as well. So that's another risk here that they're kind of rolling the dice on, which, I mean, if you have the opportunity to, you have to, right? Two years it's, older before they right. can compete well, for a championship. Well, right, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's doing nothing but getting older. So I right, actually exactly. like the combo of, at these stages in their career, where we're at, I like the combo of LeBron AD more than Kyrie KD. Yeah. I don't, Especially I don't the complimentary of each other. I'm sorry, what, Josh? I don't think I've ever seen Kyrie throw a lob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, so, I mean, like LeBron AD, we'll, and we'll get to that, obviously, in the offseason. LeBron AD pick and roll is going to be serious. It's going to be something. That is going to be the best pick and roll since Stockton Malone. Yeah. Stockton Malone. Probably so. Maybe maybe better because Stockton wasn't 6'10", 280. <laughs> Right. Oh my so God. let's uh, keep going down this list of big names. Obviously, um, Kemba to your your Celts. I think them losing Horford hurts a lot. Obviously, losing Kyrie hurts a lot. That's two. You know, that's a superstar and an All Star caliber player coming off that has a lot of le- leadership. But I like the four for one forty one, given that that's less than freaking Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton got technically per year. I mean, it's pretty close. But I, I think that's a great deal for both. Kimba and the Celtics. I agree. I like that they were able to do a sign and trade and move Rogier at the same time to get him to a spot where, I mean, it sucks because he doesn't really fit in with whatever the hell their plan is. I mean, I we were talking about people that followed the actual rules of free agency earlier. I, I picture Michael Jordan being that guy, you know, calling up after right at 6 p.m. and being like, Hello, Kimba. This is Michael Jordan. You know, like yeah. I picture him being right. that guy. You know, just okay. giving that Give one on one right now, Kimba. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dan- Danny Ainge is just planting seeds in like November. It's planting landmines, you know, <laughs> <laughs> left and right. No, but I like I like that they were able to get Rozier to a spot where that's better. That gets that off of Kimba's back a Which, little bit because by that, the way, that Rozier deal is like the worst deal. Oh, dude, dude, yes, it's terrible. I love Terry, but it's. That's not 20? great. That's or 19, great. 20. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, he is not that. I mean, he was good in that playoff series against the Bucks the year before last where, you know, I mean, he led that thing while Kyrie was hurt. So, I mean, sure. but that's he, a flash. It's a flash. And also on a really pretty good Celtics team otherwise. So I think, Correct. I mean, he does not have that now in Charlotte. That's for sure. I can't believe that Charlotte didn't trade Kimba at the day at the deadline, knowing that he was probably going to walk. It's true. I mean, I, mean, they, I guess they thought, you know, he's not going to turn down because he could have got with the all NBA this year, what five for two, two twenty, two forty, an astronomical number more than yeah. he got here. But I love this sign for Kimba because I think he's a good dude and a really good player that wants to win. And, you know, he's stepped up in big moments, like the way he did at UConn in college. And I think he's uh, the type of guy that they need in a playoff game. But I think they need a better center. Their center situation is a little sketchy right now, obviously. I don't (laughs) think the way they're currently constructed, they're more than a – they're probably a three through five seed somewhere in there. And I think they could, you know, maybe get frisky and go to the Eastern Conference Finals or definitely the second round. But they got to improve a little bit or get – Brown or Tatum to really make that next step. 
I like Kemba Walker for the system too. Um, a lot yeah. better. Like people don't get to watch him a lot. He's he can ISO and score, and he's good at that. But look at this. Kyrie Irving is in Brad Stevens systems. Brad Stevens is not an ISO guy and he put in ISOs to make Kyrie Irving happy. And I've, right. I've long said those guys would never win together because they're two polarized, different, different right. types of uh, mentalities. Kyrie Irving being on a non ISO system was still, still 16th in the league in ISO frequency. 16th Kemba Walker being on a team that had nobody else on it was 35th oh. in the league in ISO frequency. So he's scoring within the system way more than Kyrie Irving ever did. And he didn't even have a system over there. Dude, his usage rating is pretty low for how bad the players around him are. And that's going to bode well with him in the Celtic system, which I think that's what you're getting at Josh. Cause Kemba, yeah. I yeah. think will be fine with, you know, getting carrying the load, basically get, getting his and just going like 18 to 23 points a game instead of 26. And it's those field goal percentages are going to go up because he's taking tough shots on the Hornets because you don't have to respect anybody else's ability, really. Right. When you have Hayward and Brown and Tatum out there, that's going to open things up for Kimba. I think he's going to get better shots. I think he's going to average less points, but have a super high PER, shoot a better percentage. And I think he'll average six or seven assists as well I, i'm optimistic about that sign like i said they just got to figure out what to do as as far as a big man goes yeah they that's the biggest thing losing horford really hurts and man I, it i mean i, I want to get your take on here josh because i i got your take the other day on this but like i like ennis canner just fine but the him being banged around by horford and Embiid is going to be brutal to watch they don't have anybody that can just go out there and grind and bang you know they you can't they, play defense on this no. yeah, I'd, probably, I'd probably start bands and then bring they Kansas. traded Baines. Baines is gone. Baines is gone. Yeah. God dang it! Do they, how, many, how much? How long did I make it in before I did that? <laughs> Twenty. Uh, Fifteen minutes. minutes. Yeah. No. Really quickly, Kyrie's frequency for ISO is thirteen percent. James Harden's forty-eight percent. Good lord. Yeah, but James Harden's at least a lot better at it. Yeah, the second the that's, second highest is Chris Paul at twenty eight percent, and then Austin Rivers at twenty five percent, which is bizarre. Wow, that that's all wild. three of them are on the same team. I think yeah. that tells you something about D'Antoni versus D'Antoni. Yeah, exactly. You got to feel like, I mean, the the market's drying up, but there's still a lot of centers out there that could really help the Celtics. I mean, yeah. there's no market for Boogie, which is kind of a crazy thing. I mean. You could probably oh, you could bring him in on a vet minimum that he got last year. Yeah. Oh, you know who would have been fantastic there is Willie Cauley Stein, but the yeah. flipping Warriors convinced him to take a men, a oh, league men. Did they do that today? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Dude, he is a great fit. He's a he's to me, he's kind of like a poor man's prime Tyson Chandler, right? Like good yeah. rim runner. Yeah. He can he can dunk, he can score with inside within like five feet. He has decent touch, gets a lot of rebounds, protects. A little uh, bit, little bit undersized. Little, little thin. Tyson Chandler, um, right? Height wise, this is the second time that he's taken Demarcus Cousins' place. By the way, I yeah. actually like that sign for the Warriors, but I would have loved it for the Celtics. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was saying. Is is that would have been perfect for the Celtics? But um, he's filling Demarcus Cousins' shoes again. He's just going to follow that guy around for the rest of his career. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of this Jimmy Butler thing? Miami. So did they did they get this deal closed up? Is it yes. is the number final? Yep, it's done. Is it one forty or what? What was the number? It was four for one forty two. Uh, my my, I don't think it's the most overpaid player, but I think he's overpaid there. I mean, what's the what's the what's the angle there? Like Jimmy Butler talked about when he came to Philly how much he wants to win and how much he cares about winning, but that move to Miami really doesn't make you feel like that because that's not a competitive team. 
Well, no, they, for but sure. they shipped out. I mean, they needed to get Hassan out of there, man. Like he, that it's guy's been, been disgruntled since day one of his big deal he signed. Right. So they did well by getting him out of there to Portland and and moving on from that. And he'll be great in Portland because he's on. He's an expiring deal. They're gonna have. They're gonna get yeah, Nurkic yeah. back anyway. So he, you know, it's not. It's a short term thing for everybody. So that works out well. It's a competitive team, and I. It seems like at this point, Pat Riley's got to have been growing the heat for a while. And I mean, they've been not great for the last little while. So, I mean, Jimmy Butler definitely improves that team a lot. Yeah, Maybe. but what else do you have there? I mean, you got Dragic, you got Justin Wis- Justice Winslow. You really don't have a whole lot. I have a whole lot. I mean, I'm I guess Jimmy Butler was just like, fuck it, I'm going to live in Miami and be the number one on a team for the, for the first time since Chicago. Which I don't hate either. No, I don't hate that. It's but just like he could have done. I, it. I guess I was a little surprised by that one. That one was one of the the alerts that I got that kind of caught me off guard a little more because I really thought Jimmy was going to try to go somewhere and compete. Yeah, yeah. For as much as that dude seems like he has a dog in him, that was a pretty that was not a dog move. Yeah, that was not a uh, move where you say I want to be in the limelight. I want to want to win. There's you know, something right. that's brought us talking about. Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Well, I was just going to say, there's something that's motivating this that we don't really see yet, for whatever reason. It just, it's just such a random thing. Like that one, that one was definitely out of nowhere for everybody. I mean, we had him penciled in in a few places, and that was definitely not one of them. Yeah. No, there's a lot of talk about the sign and trade to Houston, which didn't make a lot of sense to me basketball wise. So I think that Houston dodged a bullet there, especially with that deal and having. Yeah. yeah. I like. I I like. Houston staying away from that, but we'll see how it works out for Jimmy. Uh, the D'Angelo Russell, man, that the whole sign and trade with KD, I was shocked that happened. And I that think was, that's a great move by Bob Myers to be able to pull that off. I agree. Dude, I, Josh is pissed off at them. <laughs> I'm furious. Yeah. Like, what the heck? How? So explain. I, I can't even formulate sentences, dude. This is, this is, Kevin Durant came out and was pissed off at the Warriors for the way that they handled him. Mm-hmm. Multiple reports about that. Iggy came out and said they cleared me to play last year with a fractured leg, and then they shipped him off to Memphis. <laughs> Kevin Durant comes out pissed off. The one thing that you can do to get them back is to walk away in free agency and not let them give anything for that. And he doesn't do it. He signs and does a sign and trade, effectively weakening Brooklyn, making them worse. Cause that sign and trade could have happened for other players with D'Angelo Russell. Like right. they could have shipped off D'Angelo Russell for better players than just KD. That is, I don't know what the heck happened. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, I, so this Kyle, you and I were talking about it the other day. Actually, no, the three of us were talking about this. What am I talking about? Where there's going to be one move. That's always like, Whoa, didn't see that coming. And at first I thought it was the Jimmy Butler one until I saw right. this, until this happened. Yep. yep me I too. mean, and it's a brilliant move because in what I've from what I've read, the way this has all gone down has been way too smooth. It almost seems like like the Warriors have done a good job adding some depth. They signed Kevon Looney, which I like to like a three. I think it was like a three year deal, something like that. They did a good job with that. They kind of held their guns a little bit and waited to see if they could get them a little cheaper, which they did. And I mean, bringing in D'Angelo Russell, from what I can tell, I mean, they're going to miss Clay for. I mean, the way I look at this is they're they're going to miss Clay most of next year, right? I mean, earliest he's going to be back is in March, maybe. And if you're Golden State, you just sign him to this max deal. It's probably a sunk year anyway. You may as well just let him take his time. I mean, is that it's fair? also kind of a hedge where you can just throw this twenty three year old kid the ball 
and not put as many miles on Steph because this is basically a burn year, right? So you just yeah. don't want to just load manage Steph and let D'Angelo do his thing. The real winner here is D'Angelo yeah. because he gets his 29 and a quarter a year, so he gets a good a good deal. I mean, some guys are getting paid more that he's better than, but still a great deal for him. And the most important thing is for his development, being around a player like Steph Curry. Now, D'Angelo's not the shooter that Steph Curry is, but he's a great shooter and he's a great ball handler and is a natural scorer. I think that's going to do a lot for his development. Stephen Curry's skill set makes everyone on the floor better. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I'm saying also mm-hmm. from a mentor standpoint, though, like Steph can oh, yeah. show D'Angelo, like, hey, this is how it would happen to this. Because D'Angelo has some natural ability that's actually a little better than Steph. Like, he's naturally a little more athletic. He's more Steph. athletic, yeah. 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 And he's, he is a pure scorer. He might not be as great of a shooter, but he could definitely be a 38, 39% free, three-point shooter and shoot well, shoot high from the field. And I could see him averaging 25 next year. And if, we all, and if he's sharing the load, then that actually, I mean, it's going to be almost the same. He's obviously not the same player that Clay is, but it's the same dynamic. And from what I can kind of tell, it sounds like they're probably going to consider once Clay gets back, shipping him out of there anyway, which I don't hate either. I didn't know that Clay? they were considering that. No, no, uh, D'Angelo. Huh? Sorry. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I like, think they could move move D'Angelo. This could be a temporary play. That's um, what I'm saying. because Simmons and Rosillo mentioned that on their podcast this week, and I think that's very much in play that they can move him for a, another forward because essentially this gives you two six a six two and a six three guy which you know doesn't really bode well but there's just not I, really a way to reconcile a lineup that involves d'angelo steph and clay with the size of teams like the lakers you know yeah, what i mean, mean you like, could roll heard- you could roll them three out and then willie collie stein and looney if somebody wants to go big and like you can make that work but yeah. i think Ultimately, moving D'Angelo for two good players is is a potential, and that might be a better move. But going back real quick to what you said that D'Angelo is not the player Clay is, that's true. He's not right now, and he never will be defensively. But he has the ability to be a better scorer. I think that guy could could potentially be like could compete for a scoring title in two or three years. I think he has you know twenty eight to thirty points a game in him. I'll have to think on that. Um... He jumped from 15 to 21 this year. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. That Lakers situation was bad though. Correct. So, yeah, it's like he's a it's it's so hard to take these I think that the greatness that we've seen over the past 10 years does a disservice for all the talent to all the talent that we have in the NBA cuz we do stuff like we compare like Ben Simmons to LeBron James or we compare right now we're comparing D'Angelo Russell to Steph Curry which is not which is a disservice to both <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that no I'm not saying I'm not I'm not pointing the blame yeah. at anybody or, or anything no. but I do it too I go well he's not Steph Curry he shouldn't be taking as many stop, shots yeah we as a basketball Curry. society do that we did that yeah. to Trey Young this year exactly this yeah. kid is a hell of a good scorer and he could very well average 25 to 28 I don't think that he'll ever be the player that Clay is no. However, that doesn't that's what that's I, that's, not that's not bad for him. Right. Like right. that that doesn't mean that he, there's anything that's not a knock on him. It's just you're never okay. gonna be the defender play it clay is you're never gonna be a six foot eight shooting guard that's just right. the second greatest shooter of all time. That's you know? why I right. tried to preface that because I you know right. how high I am on clay, but I'll I'll say this and, and we can stop talking about D Lo. Twenty three and under. Who else is gonna who else is gonna be a better scorer? Luca. Yeah, Luka. maybe Luca for Luka. sure. Um Zion, maybe. We don't know. I mean, yeah, dude, he has the possibility. You can't just laugh at that. Like he averaged twenty three points in twenty nine minutes a game in college. Like it's possible. We just don't know. Right. 
Yeah. Ben Simmons is possible too then. Okay. Um, well, then we won't count Zion. Okay. Uh, but the, you know what I'm saying? The list is short. Like Luca, maybe KP, maybe Aiden. Like the list is pretty short though. None of them will be a better true scorer. The only person that could possibly be a better true scorer is Luca. Correct. That, I guess that's what I was trying to drive. I really like his upside does, as a scorer. Does yeah. Jamal Murray have that upside? Oh, I forgot about Jamal Murray. Yeah. yeah. No. I put Jamal uh, Murray up there. Well, he, yes, yes, he has the upside, but I would still give the nod to D'Angelo. But yes. But who you put, who you, which horse are you betting on? I would give it to D'Angelo, but Jamal Murray has some. some I could, merit, I would yeah. not be surprised if that guy was scoring 28 uh, a game. But I will say I like D'Angelo at four for 117 better than Jamal Murray at, I think it was five for 160. Really? Uh, yeah. for, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Four for sure. one seventeen. Yeah. So it's it's three or four million less a year and one less year. I like that deal more. I think that the league is still pricing in the um for D'Angelo is still pricing in some locker room issues in in the Lakers, which is not really fair, honestly. No, he that's he's below fair market value there. That's oh, a that's sure. a good deal. Believe yeah. me when uh, I say those locker room issues stayed with the Lakers. They did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, why they gave a fuck about Nick Young so much was really the more confusing thing in that situation was it though or was it that they gave timothy moskov four for 64 Uh, there's a lot of moves there that are head scratching what's funny is that's lebron's fault and it all came full circle (laughs) like now he's just fucking now he just fucked it up again deal with it (laughs) dude as much as i love lebron him and palink have really brought themselves to this i mean this roster we will read this off this 15-man roster lakers put together folks when the next season starts next year. And I promise you nine through 15, you're going to Google because it's going to be G league players yeah. I might throw out, up there on the 13th or 14th spot. Yeah. They're going to throw out three people on the court and win every game. Kawhi, LeBron, and AD. So you like Kawhi going there? I like no, Kawhi. Not really. I, I, just be, I just think it would be freaking fantastic if that happened. I that think- would be the most top heavy team I've ever seen in my life. And it would be hilarious. It might be the best big three of all time. That's a discussion for another day and it may not even happen. So it's hypothetical, but you're literally I, recreating the Monstars is what you're doing. Like I mean, we're, it's a real team. life space jam. The way team. I explained it to my friend earlier is you have, you have the highest IQ player in the league. Maybe in the history of the league, the best player in the league and the best perimeter, the defender. And then you have the best versatile big in the league. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Josh would probably argue Giannis. I still like uh, 80 as a two-way player, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, yeah I, I, I put – yeah, I don't know. They're both, you know what I'm trying to say, though. Like, you might have no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to ever argue with you about what your opinion is on AD, whether he's better than Giannis. I don't even – I could say that Giannis is better, but I, I do Close. think that AD is – like, I'm not going to argue with that, you know? Yeah. Yep. It's so an unwinnable. Let's, yeah, let's move through some of these. Keep other chugging ones. down this list. So Clay gets the five for one ninety. I think you still got to give him that, even with a torn ACL. I like him more than Middleton or Harris, who are at that same kind of dollar threshold. I think Clay got a slight bump because of his All NBA or All Defensive. I think you still pay pay Clay that money. I mean, I, real quickly, you guys got a problem with that or no? Not one bit. Josh, I would I would pay them. I would pay him that money. Knowing that he's never going to play another game in his life, okay, because <laughs> okay. mm. I'm I'm paying him for what he's done. Yeah, okay, and that's how Kobe, these go, Kobe though, right? Contract. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Justin hated that two for forty eight when Kobe was like thirty seven. It's what like an what's asshole. Happening? <laughs> I had I had <laughs> no issue with classic Lakers. Oh yeah, they wrote that check blindly. They didn't even look at the. They said fill in the amount, the Kobe. And hey, let me let me bring this in actually. D'Lo and Horford, or D'Lo and damn it, D'Lo and Butler. We said were huge surprises. Horford was a big surprise to me that he would go to to Philly. I, start- I think they maybe overpaid a little bit 
for what he's going to be in the back end, the year three and four, but, but dude, he, he has a hell of a lot of versatility to that team. It's multifaceted, man. So, like, I kept hearing that there was some mystery team involved in his, you know, his courtship, and I really couldn't, like, I started to worry because I really did start to whittle down, like, okay, well, the Mavericks are out, the Suns are out. You know, like, I started to kind of eliminate teams, and it did start to kind of center around the East in some way. I did not see it being the Sixers, but at the same time, it's brilliant. You overpay a little bit, but you also take one of the best players from a, a rival that could potentially hurt you with him on the court, and you make your own team better. That's a good point. You can you can load manage. Can you both play Horford and Embiid at the same time? Ooh, against God. certain lineups, yes, but not all the time. Yeah, definitely. No, not all the Too time. Slow. Right? You don't have enough. Yeah. But you can rotate Horford in when Embiid's gas four minutes into the game. Yeah. After he ate an exactly. entire pint of chocolate chip ice cream five minutes before the game. <laughs> well, they're um, like we talked about, they're going to load manage the hell out of Embiid next year, and this is going to help them do that. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's a great move. I mean, it's it's we've chatted it up. I think, what's Tobias Harris? 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, so you have four guys over 6'8 in your starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's a big, big line. Dude, that team is huge. That's Tobias Harris is the second smallest guy on the on the team <laughs> or on the starting five, and he's six foot nine. That's insane. That's, yeah, that's I mean, huge. And Ben it Simmons, point guard six ten. Ben Simmons, Horford, and Embiid are all really strong guys too. It's not just lanky guys. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think they're my number one in the East. It's close with uh, with Milwaukee. I think a lot of that will depend on the leap that Ben Simmons takes versus the leap that Giannis takes. Yeah. Um, depending on who gets, who has a better offseason or maybe adds a, a jump shot to their game. Um, even though Giannis is much further along, I think that's probably who I give the nod to, but those, those two teams are definitely my Eastern favorites. If Kawhi's out, if Kawhi's in, it's clearly those three and then a drop off. I guess I got to lean towards the, uh, towards the champs and the best player for now. Did I make a crazy statement really quickly? Don't you I'm always used to it at this point? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting Joel Embiid this off season. Okay, to 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 condition shape and change, okay. to change yeah. who, who he is as a person. I think that <laughs> really affected is, him. Just to just be, honest, to be like that's better. The only way that I can say it, yeah. right? To be better in every single way possible is really all. <laughs> not to not be a piece of shit, right? To be a professional. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to be a no, professional. Sure. I get it. His yeah. Instagram picture is the picture of him crying after he lost the right. That yeah. that I dude, I agree. I think that really, really fucked his head up and humbled him in a way that's gonna affect his career positively because that guy's ceiling is high, right? I mean really super high. high. Yeah. But I love the Horford backing. It just helps you manage it all a little bit better. And especially with the deal that you signed Tobias Harris to, which it you kind of had to do, especially knowing you were losing Jimmy Butler, right? Right. I, mean, I don't love the number, though. I don't no. love 36 mil a year I don't, for a guy that may never make an all-star team. But I agree. You, you kind of have to do it because if he's not on the team, you're just not as competitive in the East. They're paying him for a little bit of talent on the court, and they're paying him for a vet leadership. Because who was the vet leader on that team last year? Jimmy Butler? Yeah, yeah well, they're paying well, him not to be team. like Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So so they're paying him for his locker room presence, which there yeah, are very few ga- guys Warford, in, on – Go ahead. What? Sorry. There are very few guys in the league that I would pay for their locker room presence. Iggy, I would. Horford, I would. Um, those, two guys are, those two guys are high on my list. Yeah, and so, I think Horford – brings enough of that to where you don't have to pay Tobias Harris that much, but he was going to get that from somebody else, whether, whether it be it's all, uh, you know, the Suns or the Grizzlies or some right. other stupid ass team. Right. I mean, he's going to get that. So 
knowing Jimmy Butler's out the door, you have to do it. Yep. I think so. Bucks resigned Middleton. Yep. Similar deal. Five for one seventy eight. Once again, kind of an overpay. He's not that to. great of a player, in my opinion. He averaged eighteen or nineteen points. Pretty good defensive player. I know he made an All Star team last year. Uh, it's the Eastern Conference, so it's not as competitive. But you have to pay him. We well, uh, we talked about this before we went into free agency. That I mean, the Bucks had to put run this thing back like as, yeah. as closely as they could, and they let Brogdon go. And I, it seemed like they were concerned about his feet. Is kind of what I kind of heard from you know injury wise. I've kind that's of that's what it feet. had to be. Yeah, and in which case they just weren't comfortable paying that because he was out up out of there quick. Yeah, and Josh and I had a conversation. So I didn't hear that, Justin. So that makes a lot more sense that there was injury concerns because Josh and I had a conversation about this at work, and I told him, you know, I think Brogdon four for eighty four is a much better value at twenty one million a year than Middleton at five for one seventy eight. You know, we're talking about a fifteen per year, fifteen million less a year. Like he, yeah. that's a better value to me. And Josh was like, no, Brogdon only averaged like eight or nine points, which I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And I think Josh, you said he averaged 15 last year. He averaged like 16 points. And yeah. Middleton averaged what, like 18 or 19 in their 18, yeah. pretty Brogdon similar was on defense. Yeah. Uh, Middleton's, Middleton's longer. Yeah, Middleton's, Middleton's more versatile. He can guard yeah. more positions, but Brogdon can guard your one, the one or the two on the other team. Brogdon, yeah. And right. Brogdon was a 50 40 90 guy, too, which is huge. Um, but I think that, so for me, when I look at Brogdon and I go, this guy just shot 50, 40, 90 and scored 16 points a game. Great defender. He's not getting any taller. He's not getting any faster. Like, this might be pretty darn close to his ceiling. Um, and Chris Middleton, like, Chris Middleton might be right now higher than Brogdon's true ceiling. Mm, okay. Mm, I guess yeah. that's true because he's because he he played all four years of Virginia. He's already like 26, I think. Yeah, so that, right. that makes sense. And if there are injury concerns on top of that, then that could even be more so true, right? Okay. right. I guess that's uh, true. I, yeah. I will say I do believe that you're right in that you have you like Brogdon's on the better deal right now out of the two of them. But I think that Middleton makes the Bucks better than Brogdon would. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. And, because and Brogdon could never really ISO and score. Like Middleton can do that whenever Giannis is in a funk. Exactly. That's and true. that that is key because Giannis does get into those. And I, I'm hoping that that's the step forward that he takes this year where he kind of learns how to get out of that quicker because he takes a long time to get out of it. Like that's the thing I love about LeBron. He'll get into a funk for all of about 45 seconds to a minute of basketball time. And then he'll... He can kick his ass out of it real quick, and that's what makes him elite in the yeah. Unless this is the 2011 Finals. Well, right, but <laughs> that dude's well, funk is a PER of 20 percent or yeah. of 20. Like <laughs> the league average PER is 15. But what right. I'm, it, that dude's that dude's funk is better than 90 percent of the league for sure. It, but that's an example. That's just an example. I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, replace I wasn't any disagreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I think like that's what makes him great, and Giannis is not great at that because he goes long stretches with looking terrible. Yeah. And that's because he's a lot of that's because he's young. Right. No, for like sure. We, yeah. we talked about that in the playoffs is the dude would the Celtics would set up the wall or the or the Sixers or um, excuse me, the Raptors would set up the wall. And instead of making the pass while the wall is being set up, he would dribble into them and try and draw a triple triple team. You've already drawn the triple team once you passed half court. Like that's maturing and understanding the game more. And he'll add that and he'll be a better passer next year. For sure. I think he wants to get better as much as anybody in this league. So I trust him to do that. Dude, amen to that. Um, what do you think about the Mavericks signing Chris Stops to the the max deal? I mean, that was a I, franchise. I like high. it. Five years, one fifty eight. 
I like it. 30, 31 and change a year. I think that's a great value for, you know, what he can bring to the table. I'm obviously a little, little nervous about the injury. He hasn't played basketball in a long time, but assuming that he is close to what he was in 2016, I love that deal. I love that number. Because I think he's a lot better than guys that got paid more. The thing that I, I think that people tend to overlook here whenever we talk about the injury is that Dallas has had him since February. So mm-hmm. they've been with him every day. They, you know, they've right. had their doctors. They have an excellent training staff. Those trainers and doctors are not going to give Mark Cuban bad information no. before he locks in $158 million. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, that, yeah, that is a lot of, like, other than, like, versus if you were just signing him off the street this summer, that would, Correct. that would definitely concern me. But it feels like they've been with him. They've seen his progress. You know, it's a great point. I didn't it. think about that. I feel like that makes me more comfortable with that number. I mean, they see the writing on the wall. I mean, he's going to be great, and they're going to develop him the way that they need to. And him playing with Luca is going to be electric. Dude, Whenever I'm... they first got uh, Porzingis, I put a meme on Reddit that was, you know, that uh, dude that slaps the hood of the car. Yeah. The salesman slaps the hood of the car, and it was I had Dallas Mavericks over their car, and I said, this bad boy can fit so many white all-stars in it. <laughs> That's so true. Dude, I thought Dragic was coming, and it was just about to be like the most – that was like the most European team of all time. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's not a great um, one. <laughs> I, I think that not, – Not a great track record. No. I like what you said a lot, Justin, and Kyle as well. Um, I wonder – what the Dallas fans would have done had they let Porzingis walk. Well, and I hope, I really hope that they didn't sign this guy, even with injury concerns, out of fear of what would happen if they walk. No, I don't think it's that. No, I don't think so, because I think they could have thrown money at one of these guys this offseason if they really wanted to. I think they believe in KP, and I think they like having a 7-2-7-3 shooter around Luka. Uh, and I kind of like some of the other subtle moves the Mavs have made with getting guys on what I think are really good deals, like getting Seth Curry at four for 30. I love that. Dorian Finney-Smith, three for 12. That guy can genius. play really good defense, $4 yeah, million dollars a year. Uh, what what do they give Dwight Powell, like three for 30? Three for 33. Yeah, I like I like that. It's a little yeah. high, but I, I like that because he brings a lot of versatility. Well, um, and they you also get brought – You at a, a min. You get J.J. Barea at a min. Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee both come off the books next year. That's like thirty million freeing up. And I mean, I you're really going like, to have them contribute a little bit. Some, I mean, especially Hardaway. Right. right. Yeah. Like I think this year the Mavs are going to be in that six to ten seed range, probably close to an eight, uh, depending on KP's health. If he's t- 2016 KP and Luca takes a step, they could be higher. But I, I anticipate them being fringe uh, playoff team. But they're going to have a lot of money for the next couple of off seasons and they're 23 and 20 with their best players. I mean, Dallas is in a top five situation right now. I give the Mavericks a B plus. I don't love the off season that much. Let me ask you guys this. So so if you give give them them a B for situation. So, okay. So what, if they end up signing Danny green, which it kind of feels like they're being used as leverage here a little bit. It's kind of how this feels to me. 100%. He's not but coming. I don't think so either, but it does kind of feel like, I mean, it's the best money and best years deal that he's being offered, and that's hard to turn down. What are they sure. What are they throwing at? What are we throwing at him? Like two for 30? Uh, let me take a look here real quick. I think that's the number I saw, and that's obviously an overpay for Danny Green, in my opinion, at this point, because he's not the defender he once was, but he's the second best three-point shooter in the league last year. He shot like 45, 46%. So I think just putting him in there, I mean, if you have... Seth Curry, 
KP and Danny Green in there. You got three guys that can hit 40% on threes with Luca. Right. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good for sure. I've also heard a little bit about maybe getting like Marcus Morris in there too, at like a minimum type deal. That just does nothing but add depth to it. I love yeah. I love Juice. As long as he doesn't take like four bad threes a game. Well, did that on OKC, man. But Carlisle's a hundred times the coach that Billy Donovan is. It's true. Um, and you you need what that team needs right now is they need defense. Like they're never going to be hurting yeah. for scoring with those two big white all stars on their team, right? They need defense and versatile defense. And I would give them if they signed even one person that can make us that can switch from two to four, then I'll give them I'll give them an A plus. Maybe in a one to four switcher, I'll give them an A plus. Okay, okay. I like that. The uh, yeah, it has defense it- is a little concern. The the deal isn't out there, by the way, of what they've offered him. It's it's quiet. But his, I guess, Danny Green's po- like other podcast host, like his co-host, has been tweeting a bunch about different situations and said that that'd be the best money given because he's been tweeting about the Ka- Kawhi situation. And so then he's like, well, if Danny, because that's kind of how it was depending on is whether Kawhi signs in Toronto or goes to the Lakers is what Danny Green's going to do. Right, so if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, thought is Danny will explore his options a little bit more and probably just take the most money because yeah. he's not going to get another big deal after this. Right, but if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, he wants to go to Toronto, which I yeah. get. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a little bit of weird hitching your wagon to somebody like that specifically. Like, do, go do you, man. Like, go contribute. Yeah, I don't even think they're probably friends. I just think Danny Green is like, okay, playing with the best player in the world gets me a lot more open fair. shots and give me some more hardware. It's completely uh, fair. Let's keep for the sake of time. We'll kind of move through some of these quicker, but I want to talk about some of. I'll talk talk about after we go through some of these deals. We can kind of just instant react who I think were the winners and losers as far as teams, and then some overpays and underpays as we go here. My yeah. first underpay, or I think maybe not underpay, but a good deal is Vucevic, dude. Four for twenty five. Yeah, four not for one hundred at twenty five a year. I mean, for what that guy did is it what twenty one and twelve, twenty two and twelve. I think him at twenty five million is a much better deal than five other guys we've talked about tonight. I I don't hate that. They couldn't let him walk out the door ultimately, right? Right. I don't think he's ever going to be like a top ten player, but he is he a top a twenty player, top twenty five. You know? Yeah, he took a pay cut. Yeah, I wanted the, him on, on the Mavericks for a long time. To be honest, up until only up until honestly until they acquired KP. Who else did Orlando add to uh, Alfreda Minu? I think they added a couple other players like and I mean they were they were competitive this year. Yeah. They were and that but, was without Bamba. Yeah, that's true. Bamba half. comes back. That's huge. That is huge for them. Uh an overpay and I'm just kind of going down this list back to back overpays. We've already hit on Jamal Murray yep. 5 at 34. Is this potential a max player? Yes. Not there yet. I believe they could have waited one more year and not had the qualifying offer be an issue. So I'm not a huge fan of that deal. What do y'all think? I missed it. Who, who are we talking about? Jamal Murray, five at 170. Fair, or is that too much? Or it's too early, man. I think it's too much and too early. I uh, it, he, he's in the same situation as as Ben Simmons. Um, uh, I think Ben that, Simmons is even more justifiable. Oh, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely more justifiable. Um, Jamal but, Murray's defense is terrible. Qualifying like, offers are generally a year that you have to to work out the big deal or a year that's like a 
It's like a back cut. You're betting on yourself. That would have been two years, I think, for Jamal Murray. I don't think they would have had to worry about that after last next right. offseason. I think they'd be the following. Like that's my issue with these deals is they're being signed like a year in advance. These extensions don't even start until another two years from now or whatever. And like a lot can happen in that time. And why get in a hurry? That's what I don't understand. Because if you kick the can down the road and like Josh, I I I, I know you're gonna bring some stats to the table for this just Ben Simmons thing here in a second, but it's like if if he's going to develop, he's going to develop into that player anyway, and it's all, he's only going to make more money as time goes on. If he de- truly develops to that player that he's supposed to be, then he should make more as a max because the cap's going to continue to go up and so on and so forth. So, yeah. And I guess maybe that's the team's advantage, thinking, okay, we'll lock him down now because the cap is only going to go up. Maybe that's the that yeah. side of it, I guess. And so that's like, also us three in our houses being like, you should just wait and develop. But like from Jamal's standpoint and his shoes – like it's I've never had the option to turn down 170 million for sure this was I'm, I'm, yeah. why would he turn it down that's my question no. is from the team standpoint where does that yeah I mean sense? clearly I, I don't I'm not aligned I, with them and thinking that they should pay him that money right now right. I'm gonna work in the Ben Simmons contract with this as well because okay, this perfect. was actually yeah. gonna be, be my cootie rough for why this is a good offer for for the uh Philadelphia but I'll bring it up right now yeah people people I think our try- teams are trying to fight against this Supermax Rose Rules deals. And I think they're try- they're realizing that these uh, Supermax deals that are meant to give teams that draft good players and that are small market teams the ability to sign these huge free agents to keep them in town are really hurtful. So they're offering Jamal Murray this. And they're offering Ben Simmons this, these, these offers of five for 171. Because next year, if Ben Simmons all-stars next year, he's going to get five for 203. Yeah, supermax. Right. Yeah, because right. he'll get a his, he'll get a rose rule, mm-hmm. uh, which is you must you have four. There's four ways you can get a rose rule. You can either get NBA MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, two time All NBA, or two time All Star. Mm-hmm. And Ben Simmons has already gotten one of those. So it doesn't make sense to me that Rich Paul would go and say, "Hey, we want this deal right now." If I'm Philadelphia, I'm saying, "Yeah, I'm pretty damn sure that Ben Simmons is going to All Star this year, and I'm going to have to pay him thirty million more if I sign it next year. Okay. I'll sign this this year and okay, back him so up until." You're in the opposite camp that the player should probably decline trusting his yeah. abilities to earn right. thirty million. Okay, so um, that, Ben Simmons will okay. probably All Star this year because the East sucks. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my only concern is like is Rich, is Rich Paul saying, "Hey, I don't think you're going to All Star this year," or let's get some let's get some security on the table just in case you get hurt. Yeah, no, uh, and that's that, yeah, and that was the standpoint that I was kind of coming at this in general is like maybe even from a I get it from the player's perspective. I mean, if someone hands me five years, one hundred and seventy million, I'm off this goddamn podcast and I'm out of here. Like you know, I'm going. <laughs> but like, so I get no it from that standpoint. But like, I mean, we just watched, and it was a little bit different with Nerlens. But like the qualifying offer thing, we watched him bet on himself and fail. But we also just watched Kawhi bet on himself and and succeed. So I mean. Yeah, you know you're gonna see more of that anyway, and so maybe that I mean that's got to be the logic is we want to get this locked in right now. Yeah, right, exactly. It just feels teams, like I a think, risk though, a high yeah. risk, dude. And honestly, conspiracy theory, Josh is coming out. Here it comes. Love it. Ready? Excited. Let's go. These teams, I think, are gonna start trying to avoid supermax deals, and these teams are gonna start trying to avoid rose world deals. I would not be shocked if there was some stuff that happened down line that said that Warriors were campaigning against Klay Thompson making another All-NBA team so that they didn't yeah. have to pay him as much. Yeah. I wouldn't like be Trading fake accounts yeah. to yeah. vote against him. Like, that's some crazy <laughs> Or like even paying people. Yeah. yeah, or like yeah. even paying people don't vote for Klay Thompson, you know? 
Yeah, I don't ever. We always talk about this. Like, always follow the money, no matter what. And there is always seedy shit going on that we don't like. We we see the very minimal surface of it. Yeah. Yep. Lay. Let's let's do this. I'm just gonna run down these last maybe ten to twelve players. We've hit on a lot of the big ones. Talk about the winners and losers. Talk about Kawhi, and then uh, talk about this Ben Simmons argument. Josh and I had that he's forced me to take the opposite side. Um, which I was not on at the beginning of the year. So Harrison Barnes, four for 84. That's an overpay to me as well. Overpay. Not a bad player. Like, nope. not that's not way off, but like four for 60 would have been a way better deal. Yeah. So he, we, we've watched him play enough. Marcus Gasol opts into the 25-6. That's probably a little rich for him, but you knew he was going to take that option. Of course. Yeah, it's overpaid. Um, but it's overpaid, but he makes he made some big shots. He, he played well, and I think that's going to be, you know, be advantageous for him. I just got an update. Kawhi is still considering Clippers, Lakers, and Raptors. So Yeah, I got one that said he's not going to make a decision today or tomorrow. Correct. Yep. So, Paul Millsap, this is a weird one. $30 million team option exercise. That's obviously an overpay for Paul Millsap. The team option? The yeah. team, team option. The team Correct. exercise what, it. What I can almost guarantee you is going to happen is there was like a, you know, secret handshake of like, hey, after this, you know, we're getting – we signed two for two for at the minimum, like two for 10 or two, ten, two for 12, whatever it may be, because $30 million team option for a player that I like a lot at this point in his career, that's just double his fair market value. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. He's a $15 million player. He's a 15 million. Yeah. Maximum. Maybe 20, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't even really feel comfortable going above 15 to be honest. Right. I can agree with that. Yeah. Brooke Lopez four for 52. Um, I actually think that's fair. I don't love the deal. I don't think he's going to shoot that good ever again in his career. I don't think he's going to, he'll keep trying to develop the skill set, but I don't think his percentages will be as high. Uh, But I think you got to do it because Brogdon walked out the door. I think Josh is pretty high on this deal. Yeah. Also, here's what you do. You put, you make Robin Lopez shave his head and look exactly like Brooke Lopez. And then you make one of them wear 24 and the other one wear 42. And then you don't know whether to sag off or get (laughs) up on him. That's a really good point because Robin Lopez can't score from more than four feet away. Right, Right, exactly. But he'll drive past you. So it's perfect. Yeah. Pay that guy. Don't pay his brother. I was thinking that Brooke Lopez was a lot older than he is. He's only 31. So four years probably makes some sense. I mean, it's like we said, it's probably a little bit of an overpay. You're paying for years. Terrible, you're paying for years one, two, hopefully three, but you're definitely not getting four out of him. That's it's exactly not egregious. Right. Like Terry Rozier, and uh, he's going to earn that money for three years, not exactly. four. Yeah. Rozier, Barnes, and and Tobias Harris are probably my three least favorite deals. Valanciunas three for forty five is terrible for Memphis. I hate that guy's game so much. It does not fit in the NBA anymore. Uh, he's like. He's like yeah. a mini Marc Gasol or like a poor man's Marc Gasol. Slower foot Marc Gasol, which is yeah. really which kind of saying Pat. something. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, Pat Beverly deal? I like the Pat Beverly deal. Three for 40. I mean, I was hoping the Mavs were going to offer him something like that. I think that's, you know, smart. An a in they, they got caught with their pants down trying to do a deal with the Magic for no real reason. And he took that as a, you know, a pretty big red flag that they probably weren't Correct. that interested in walk. Honestly, so. if they could have gotten Terrence Ross, though, that would have been yeah. big. Would have been yeah, because he can shoot and play D. Yeah. Uh, I do. I, JJ Redick, two for 26.5, and not to scratch my own back, uh, when it was Justin and me, uh, just us, while Josh was out of town, uh, I called Redick going to the New Orleans, which I sure like that a lot. Just makes sense. It just felt like that would happen too. And uh, Bill Simmons mentioned this in his podcast because Reddick has a podcast on his network that 
that gives you the Zion access, right? And like that's yep. just a huge media play. And I think Reddick is a thoughtful guy, and I think that's going to be really exciting. And I think he's going to bring some good leadership to that team. Dude, I will listen to the shit out of JJ Reddick and Zion on a podcast. Fuck yeah, oh, dude. That man. would be a great. And you got Lonzo in the mix. I mean, there's a lot in the mix there, dude. Dude, <laughs> let's get Lavar up in there. We, dude, it we got it made wild. in the shade. Sponsored by Big Baller Brand. Yeah, we got it made in the shade, man. They're mo- they're relocating to New Orleans, and Lavar's going to go fucking wild. Right? Dude, Derrick Rose 2 for 15 is a good deal, I think, for the Pistons. I, I would start him over Reggie Jackson, and I fucking mean that. Dude, really? if it was 2011, that team would be loaded. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Derek Rose and Blake Griffin. Uh, dude, okay, so that's a, Terrence Ross got four for 54, which I would have been cool with the Mavericks doing. Uh, Orlando did that. So, I mean, Orlando, you know, you retain Vucevic, you add Ross and Aminu. That team didn't get worse. No, it definitely didn't get worse. I don't know if it took a step forward, though. Mm-hmm. It's more versatile than it was. Yeah. Dude, Trevor Reza, two for 25. That's a little, it's a little high for him at this point, right? Probably so. That guy's gonna be in the league. That guy's gonna be Vince Carter. Yeah. How like, old is he? Is he like forty he's now? He's like thirty-five at least. But for a reason, yeah. Dude, Rubio three for fifty-one slide overpay to me. I mean, it's just they needed a point guard, so they had to do it. We know what Ricky I, Rubio is at this point. We, we do, know. and I think that takes a lot of pressure off Devin Booker to allow him to play, uh, you know, his natural position, which yeah, is two. Exactly. I think that's, that's gonna help Aiden a lot on the pick and roll. I mean, I it makes sense from a basketball standpoint. It takes them from a 21 team to like a 30, 31 team, maybe. Though. Right. Aiton's going to be a big X factor there. And also putting Devin, I, I think it could take him to a 40 to maybe 50 win team, just putting Devin Booker in the right position yeah. and also watching Aiton, Aiton develop. But they would have pulled Steve Nash out of retirement to get him into a shooting guard position, to get Devin <laughs> Booker in a shooting guard at this point, I think. Well, right. and they also it. got Josh Jackson out of there today. So that kind of helps clear some of the path, too. Yeah. You know? And that makes Memphis. <laughs> shitty and young but really athletic team with john moran josh jackson triple j i mean those guys are all you know a plus athletes i love that they ship chandler parsons out of there so they tried to buy him out on that team too yeah so they tried to to buy chandler parsons out he wanted nothing to do with it and so they basically were like okay and they just traded him to atlanta (laughs) fuck that guy yeah fuck him Uh, so last few ones uh bogdanovich Leaves Indiana, goes to uh, Utah to pair with Mike Conley as another pickup. They are they are my winner. They are my free agency winner. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think they're a top four. I think they're a top three team in the West actually right now. How they're constructed. I want to see it first. It's okay. I'll say this: their starting lineup, you could argue, is probably the second top two or three in the league. Because you're you're rolling out Conley and Donovan Mitchell, hell of a defensive backcourt. And Mitchell still has superstar potential. You're rolling out Ingles and Bogdanovich as your 3-4, which are both long and great shooters. And then Gobert is a really good rim protector. Now, you got rid of Crowder. You got rid of – you don't have a a lot on the bench there. Um, I'll be honest. I can't name a lot of their bench players, but I love that starting five. Yeah. I'm I'm really high on Mitchell still. I still think he's the closest thing we've we've seen in Dwayne Wade since Dwayne Wade prime. Yep. Um, Mitchell had a sophomore slump, dude, which happens. So like when you're the best scorer on a team or when you're one of the best players on the team, teams see you for an entire year and they key on you. Like that happens. Sophomore slumps happen all the time. No doubt. 
All right, so we kind of talked a lot about the Kawhi thing. Let's just lock in our final guesses here because I want to get to this whole Ben Simmons thing real quick, Josh. Where do we think he's going? I'm going to go Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Toronto as well. I'm saying the I don't same think, I think it's pretty much pretty much locked. Yeah. it's I'm 51-49 Toronto versus Clippers. Well, Jalen Rose is ninety nine one, so yeah, no, I know, but I'm just I'm allowed. Oh, so you, so I, you have Clippers. I have Lakers second option. I don't think he's going to the Clippers. They're yeah, not their roster's not good enough. Second option. I I mean, yeah, I don't want to dive into the whole Clippers roster right now. We've we've exhausted <laughs> this death, and Next we got to see what how the rest of free agency shapes up too. It's not nearly over. We're only a couple of days into it, so you know, there's still some stuff out there that teams can do. And I mean, if they had Kawhi, they're they're definitely better than they were last year. I don't. I mean, oh well, fuck yeah. I mean, they're still a playoff. They're 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 a top five seed. I think that's. A I really don't like the rest the rest of their roster that much. But let's not forget Josh's uh, Thunder making a big splash with Mike Muscala. Yep, Mike <laughs> in Nerlens. Oh damn. yeah, big, big resign. I, I actually right. like Nerlens a lot, but I'm sure we'll. we'll you know, I'm sure we'll be back in in a week or so and be able to figure out, you know, quite a bit more about where these rosters finally ended up. But I know Josh has been absolutely dying to talk about Ben Simmons today. And just to give a little context, and I'll let Josh fill in any parts that I, I miss. I shouldn't have brought. I Go shouldn't ahead. have. <laughs> I shouldn't have gassed this up so much because I was hoping. I just had. I looked at stats all day, and I was just. I was going to wait for the conversation just naturally happened but then i made a mistake and messaged one of you guys i was like oh i've been looking at stats all day oh no it's fine the the context of what happened is in our group chat yesterday you know in reaction to this ben simmons contract i think justin and i are in the camp that this is just an overpay too quickly and we've kind of discussed the you know the ramifications and the possibilities already I, i i strongly believe that because ben simmons cannot shoot a jump shot and some of the things that i said to josh were you know, Ben Simmons only took five shots in game five and game seven of the Toronto series. I uh, was, you know, plus four in their huge game six win when Embiid was plus 40. You know, there's just a lot of red flags there for me. And it's different than Giannis where he needs to develop his jump shot and get a little better versus not even having one being scared to death of taking one. Doesn't take away he's a great passer. Doesn't take away he's a great athlete or defender. But that's basically where, where I was coming from. And then Josh went uh, full analytics mode and is getting ready to shit on me. But I will sit, finalize before you, you go off, Josh. I will say of the really young guys that I thought could be like MVP players, which is basically like right now, Luca, Zion, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is dead last on that list by a fucking mile to me. And I would pay yeah. Luca or Zion. So I think Ben Simmons got five for 160. I would double that and pay five for three twenty for Luca or Zion before giving Ben Simmons that deal. I agree with Luca. I don't agree with Zion just because I haven't seen him play. In the I'd NBA give him yet. ten for five hundred if I could. Yeah, I think you're in love with Zion just because he's the only person in the NBA that benches more than you. I don't know if he benches more than me. <laughs> no, he probably, he probably, yeah, he probably definitely can bench Sorry. more. <laughs> um, so Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is uh. Average, or regular season numbers speak for themselves, right? 17, 9, and 8 this year as a sophomore. It's amazing. Basically, his career average, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually had like 16, 8, and 8, but it's close. Right, right. 17, 9. And so, so let's compare some sophomores. Westbrook in his sophomore year averaged 16, 
eight and five. Okay. Steph Curry in his sophomore year averaged 18, five and four. Chris okay. Paul in his sophomore year averaged 17, nine and four. James Harden averaged 12, two and three. Right. Ben Simmons is comparable to better than all of those. Can I players. request? Can I request LeBron James? It's a different player. I'm not going to compare him to the greatest player of all time, <laughs> right? So we are comparing him to. That's four Hall of Famers right there. I, well, I'm just saying, yeah. give me, give me LeBron and give me KD. Twenty-five, seven, and seven for LeBron. I don't even know. I have to look that up. It was twenty-five, seven, and seven, um, oh, which has been his. That's actually better. Than, that's career. actually better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, it was. He averaged. He was him. Tyreek Evans and Michael Jordan are the only people in the history of the league. Luca, I think, actually joined this team. Such as well. a great stat. Yeah, Luca, I think, joined this team as well to average twenty-five and five their rookie year. So Kevin Durant, his sophomore year was uh, twenty-five, seven and three. That's a different. That's a different type of player, right? I no, am, that's that's for sure. I don't. Yeah. So is James Harden though. James Harden's a pass first point guard. That's why I put him in this list. James Harden is a pass first point guard. The guy that I sold forty eight percent of the year. Yeah, that's, I mean that's he's ISO he's, he's not a, he's so not I shouldn't a, say no, pass first point guard. No, he's a guy not, that you should not. <laughs> he's a guy that is a heavy passing point guard. Okay. I the Chris Paul and the Russ one, I like those comparisons a little more. Because yeah, I think perfect. Steph and Harden are different players. But sure. I yeah. see where you're going. So what we uh the the world melted down when they saw him in the playoffs, right? Sophomore year, thought that it was the worst thing that they've ever seen. But it's not uh, – okay, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. We're going to play – we're going to go back to game show mode, and we're going to play player no. A or player B. No, we're not. <laughs> okay. No game show mode. No player more Kyrie a player quotes. B. All right, one time. Player A, 14, 6, and 7, 62% from the field, 18 PER. Player 2 in their sophomore year, 14 – 11 and 6, 17 PER, 38% from the field. Neither of them hit a three. Neither of them took a three in the playoffs. Who are those players? Which one's better? Giannis. I have no fucking clue, man. That's a lot of numbers. Yeah. That's, that's... Giannis one of those guys? No. Ben Simmons and Magic Johnson. Okay. Okay. Now, now we're maybe we're stretching a little bit, though. I don't know. I mean, we're we're starting to say that he's developed into a Magic Johnson type player. I'm not. No, sure I'm just saying. That I'm saying that sophomore year point guards yeah. slump heavily. Okay, okay that's Magic fair. Johnson shot zero threes in that in that. Jason Kidd that's in his era, sophomore that's year. That's era relative, though. Yeah, that's Jason for sure. Kidd in his sophomore year shot six threes, made zero of them. Yeah, but how many? Um, how average many did twelve. His team shoot versus how many did the, the Sixers shoot this year? Sure, but what I'm saying is that. Like his, those are two. That's the best point guard of all time and a top three point guard of all time. Like you don't have to have a three point shoot, a three point shot in this to be a top point guard of all time. Chris Paul averaged 15, nine and four on 16 PER. As a matter of fact, let me run through this list. Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Mike Connolly, Magic Johnson, J Tony Parker, John Stockton, Allen Iverson. None of them were even close even close to a fit as efficient as Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons in his rookie year was more efficient than all of those guys in his sophomore year, except for actually that's Ben Simmons too. Um, he was, he was more efficient than all of those guys in their sophomore year, his freshman year in the playoffs. And he was way more efficient his sophomore year in the playoffs. So point guards take time to develop, especially in the playoffs. 
the playoffs can't dictate what as a point guard whenever you're young whether or not you're deserving of a max okay here's my response to that with two those are good points and that is very surprising i will say that and i think ben simmons if you're if your angle is he's a true point guard which i mean i know they play him a point guard but like you're saying this guy's going to be a true because you named facilitating point guard specifically not scores right okay fine but this guy was supposed to be Magic or LeBron, but that's a whole other conversation because that he's not going to be that, and that's not going to happen. But could be Magic. <clears throat> I think Magic still averaged well, quite a, quite a bit more than seventeen, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, like twenty. Uh, so. Yeah, about yeah. So my two my two counters to that would be one, especially with your your guys like Stockton and Magic and even Parker and Chris Paul, guys playing the early two thousands. Defenses played different back then. There was no, not as much helping. It was man-on-man. Man. Yes. The floor was not spread. We weren't shooting 43s a game. Ben Simmons not being able to shoot is way more of an issue now than those guys not being able to shoot or not taking shots. That's the thing is that, defenses yeah. will literally stand 20 feet away from him when they would have not done that in the 2000s even though they, or 90s. Even though they could have got away with it, they would not have done it because the defenses didn't play that way. So it is a bigger deal. And I think, I think if you really are watching – that Toronto series, and I, Ben Simmons could have a great playoff run next year. I don't think this is make or breaks his career. I just don't think you pay him that much yet because of the lack of proving to do anything meaningful. Is it's not that he's not taking shots at the end of the game. Yeah, that fucking bothers me. But what bothers me is he doesn't even have to really have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Like he they really does him to have like it. It's Jimmy Butler. It's Joel Embiid. He doesn't even have the fucking ball in his hands. It's like I don't know if that's him wanting to not wanting to have the ball or not him trusting himself. His teammates not trusting him. But all those guys you just named, Chris Paul, John Stockton, I don't know if you said Gary Payton, Magic Johnson, those guys all have the ball at the end of the, end of the game. And Ben Simmons doesn't. So it's it's more of like a, a mindset for me that's yeah. an issue. It's a confidence issue, it feels like. he doesn't. I know he can be that player. He just doesn't trust himself. He broke up with Kendall Jenner, though. So a 30-10-10 season is very possible. Next season. It could be looming, that's for sure. Uh, Josh, they're great points. I, I, that those are the exact two things I was trying to say the other day. That like I, I get it. Like, and I think like especially from a team standpoint, like that's a great point. Like that makes sense as far as financial for the team goes. Like you want to try mm-hmm. to get this guy locked in. If I mean you're already committed, right? Like right. This is what it is. Like we're not. You know, we're, you're not like the Celtics were whenever they were trying to manipulate these picks around and stuff like that. Like you've already set up like Joel Embiid and. You've got to you're going to max Ben Simmons. Right, that's you're going to almost no matter what. And so I get that. I guess it's just a big risk, and that's my biggest concern about it overall. But I do understand, like, I mean, that's a, I agree with Kyle, too. That's a that's better company than I thought he would be in as far as numbers goes. All-time great company. Yeah, um, no, for sure. I, I, the other thing boy, is, I don't can think you that address that real quick, this. Josh? What? The, 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 not him not being able to take shots at the end of the games but him not even having the ball in his hand. Like you got to, I know, you know, hoops, man, that is a little bit of an issue. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's not even creating the offense and guys are missing shots and it's just not working out. It's like, he's irrelevant. To be found. I forget he's on the court. So the person that I would compare this the most to, because he has Joel Embiid on the court with him is magic with Kareem magic won a championship in that, in that first year, but he didn't carry them to a championship. And in his second year, he averaged, 14 points a game you know it's like it like magic was deferring as well it's i think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that uh, that joel Embiid's on the court with him um ben so here's, here's my day. argument real quick to that josh rookie year magic johnson's rookie year not his sophomore year 
Kareem was out in a finals game and Magic played center and scored 42 points. Right. Ben Simmons can't do that and would not do that. He would score better from the center than he would from the point guard, but um, not not forty two, right? That's because it's a different it's a different league now, right? So, uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to say when I was trying to make my other point, though. But all but, but I, all that's doing is arguing for Ben Simmons with the different league, though. Um, here's what I here's what I will say as well. Those numbers are really really easy to look at, as far as value and as far as defense goes. He was 18th in the league this year in defensive win shares, 20th in the league in defensive rating. His value over replacement player was 11th in the league as rookie year, 16th in the league this year. Every player above him had a 30% higher at least usage rate than him. Yeah. Besides Gobert. Which makes sense. Yeah. So his usage rate is low. He's he's the closest thing I've ever seen to Magic Johnson. Okay. I'm not there yet, but I I, I certainly see the vision. I do see the potential, but I'm I'm not there yet. And that's okay. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely doesn't have excuses. Like, these next two years will tell us, right? Because we got yeah. – prime. we still got, you know, end of his prime Horford. We got Tobias Harrison's prime. We got him beating his prime. Like, this he, – he has to take that next step. For sure. I don't know what it's going to take for me to, to really be sold on him. I don't even think it's numbers because he could go 17-9-9 next year. But it's like if there's 90 seconds left in the game and it's tied – and he has the ability to just drive and kick and make that right play. Like, that's what it's going to take for me is just to see him not scared of that moment and show me a little of, like, that Giannis type of mentality. Like, I yeah, fucking yeah. want this. The killer instinct thing. He's a, he's a sophomore, and he was in the play in almost the Eastern Conference Finals, you know. That'll come. Um, LeBron had those moments where people were saying that he didn't have that, you know. Sure. Absolutely. So it, it's, it's true. It wasn't ever as bad for LeBron as it was for for Ben Simmons because people were mad at him for making the right play. But I, I can understand where you're coming from. He did look really bad in that Toronto series. I'm just saying, like, there is precedence for point guards looking bad in the playoffs in their second year sure. and their first year. I just, the, thing that, the thing that terrifies me is just the whole not ever having the ball in his hands because it just he's he's nowhere to be found. That that's the only part that really I can't really get my head past. Yeah, he has if. Two years is maybe not enough time for him to have that comfortability level. Four years is, though. If he's not doing that by the end of year four, I would say that's a red flag because he's 23 at that point. 24. Well, they've already locked in that long-term contract, so I guess it doesn't you matter. You behind that, Josh? Four years is for sure. Okay. And here's the thing. If you came to me and said, I've got a guy who's six foot ten and his floor is <laughs> 18, 9, and 8, I would say max the hell out of that guy. What if I got oh, also, also, he's 22. What if I got a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old that's floor is 21, 8, and 6? You don't know that yet. I do. <laughs> well, you, oh, so, man. Luke or Ben Simmons, who would you take in the next five years? Next 10 years, whatever I mean, you want. They're, they're, like, they're opposite mirrors of themselves. Like You're Luka's, building a team. You have nothing else around them right now. You're going to pay them the same. Probably Luca. Ne- neither are going to get hurt. That's yeah, probably Luca. You have to. What about Zion? Ben Simmons. No, no, no. Not even a hesitation. Okay. I think I've you gotta get seen, that. I've never even seen Zion play in the NBA. Yeah, that's that's where my head's at with it. I, I was I trying to see Ben Simmons, but he's nowhere to be fucking found. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna oh, we're yeah. gonna keep running. He must, have missed, yeah. he must have missed him when he was averaging seventeen, nine, and eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An all starring. All right, well, I think uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. We've been going for a while now. This was all worth talking about, though, boys. I'm excited with how free agency's played out. 
Um, I think we'll probably be off next week. Just give us a little time to breathe and digest some of this stuff because I can't wait to start talking about rosters. And the other thing is, I think that there's still going to be a lot of trades going on here in the coming weeks, too. So there's going to be tons to continue to talk about. Yeah, and we got to see all these like sixth or tenth man how those shook out and really analyze the rosters and we can see who we who we're really favoring. Exactly. So, all right, boys, we'll see you guys next week. All right, later, guys. See you guys.